Online. Welcome to Catholic View on this Friday evening. I'm Sheila Pierce. Thank you so much for being here with me. Coming up in today's broadcast, we'll be talking about the Apostleship of the Sea right here in South Africa. But first, as usual, we bring you some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church and in Africa today. So do stay tuned. Hi, I'm Archbishop Peter Wells, Apostolic Nuncio. Thank you for listening to Radio Veritas, the good news for a change. And in your headlines this Friday evening, World Meeting of Families in Dublin to Address Abuse of Minors. Pope Francis meets with President of Central Africa Republic. And AU seeks to improve air travel in Africa. Good evening once again. I'm Sheila Pirish. The Vatican has presented the catechesis prepared for the World Meeting of Families, which will take place in Dublin from August 21 to 26. Prefect of Dicastery for Laity, Family and Life, Cardinal Kevin Farrell, explains the content of the catechesis. The seven catechesis are an explanation. It's an invitation uh, to all people, to all couples especially, to come together in their local communities or in their parishes or in the diocese to discuss um, marriage and the family and to help them to enter into a dialogue concerning uh, Amoris Laetitia. The Cardinal assures this meeting of families in Ireland will also address the abuse of minors by priests and some victims will even share their testimonies. There will be a seminar on uh, there will be a seminar uh, held about child protection there. That's not the focus of this event uh, in Dublin, but I'm sure in every event that the church puts on these days, we always care about uh, you know the protection of the young and the vulnerable. The upcoming encounter of families will include a special artistic touch as Andrea Bocelli himself has been commissioned to provide the music. Art is so important because art goes to our heart also and love is in the heart. Cardinal Farrell asserts the importance of this gathering, saying families are a reflection of society and need to be built on solid foundations of love. Pope Francis met with the president of one of the poorest countries in the world, the Central African Republic. Rome reports Javier Romero has more. Faustin Archange Tuadera paid the Holy Father a visit at the Vatican. In its press release, the Holy See says it appreciates the positive efforts made to restore political and institutional stability in the country. The Vatican also asked for collaboration between everyone in the nation and the international community to promote peaceful coexistence and national reconciliation. Recently, some 600,000 people in the Central African Republic have been forced to abandon their homes. The country is in the hands of armed groups who destroy everything in their path, ruthlessly torturing and killing, according to bishops. 
The bishops assure that boys and girls are exposed to all forms of violence, including sexual abuse and forced enlistment in armed groups. This encounter with the Pope will hopefully help attract worldwide attention to this forgotten area in the heart of Africa. Father Robert Masinda, who was abducted on January 22nd in the Democratic Republic of Congo, has been released after the payment of a ransom to the unidentified kidnappers. He has been set free along with companions who were seized in the North Kivu province. Church officials believe that the kidnapping was motivated purely by desire for ransom and not related to the current unrest in the country over the refusal of President Joseph Kabila to leave office. And staying with the DRC, at least 1.3 million people, including more than 800,000 children, are facing one of the world's worst displacement crises due to the violence in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Metwells reports. The UN Children's Fund, UNICEF, said on Thursday the worst fighting's been between government troops, militia and other armed groups in the provinces of Tanganyika and South Kivu in the east of the country, driving hundreds of thousands from their homes. Children in DRC are also being sexually abused and forced to fight, with UNICEF and partners identifying more than 800 cases of sickening abuse. The true scale of sexual violence being perpetrated is believed to be much larger. UNICEF said it was deeply concerned by how the fighting has impacted children's health and nutritional well-being. The agency's emergency response to the displacement includes multi-sectoral help and a $65 million appeal for support. In more African news, air travel in Africa is notoriously difficult. It can be expensive, unsafe, and often one is forced to fly the long way around. But the African Union, the AU, wants to change that. Delegates meeting in Ethiopia are hoping the idea of a unified airspace across the entire continent will finally take place. Al Jazeera's Tanya Page reports. Ethiopian Airlines is spreading its wings across Africa, buying parts of other countries' national carriers. The Ethiopian expansion is expected to be boosted by the African Union's launch of a single airspace during its summit in Addis Ababa this week. Mark Bachful runs the African Diaspora Forum in South Africa. He's originally from Ivory Coast and constantly fields travel complaints. Flying in Africa is a nightmare. I went to Tanzania two weeks ago. But to get to Tanzania, I have to take three different flights. And I could not believe. Um, when, I'm, when, when I fly to France, after 10 hours, is a straight flight. I land in France. I'm in another continent. Africans often have to fly to European cities as transit stops first before flying on to African countries. Journeys that should last hours sometimes take days. Not only does time-consuming and expensive air travel keep families apart, but it hinders economic development. Easier travel will help Africans do business with each other, another important priority for the African Union. Prosper Abassi is the chairman of the Pan-African Business Forum. The entrepreneur runs a charter flight company to help business people get around the lack of direct routes. As well as liberalizing airspace for African airlines, he says the AU should be charging international carriers more to fly in Africa. Africa airspace is the only space where everybody can do whatever he wants to do. You can't do that in the US. You can't do that in Europe. 
but you can come to Africa, you can fly in and drop anywhere. We, in, it needs to be regulated. Into that airspace, there's so much billions. The Airlines Association of Southern Africa says a single airspace could provide a major boost to the continent's airlines. If you look at the whole question of international aviation into Africa, 80 to 82 percent of the passengers are carried by international airlines and the 18 percent is only carried by African airlines. So there's a huge disparity between that. The United Nations says up to the year 2050, more than half of the world's population growth will be in Africa. The launch of a single airspace is a step closer to meeting their travel needs and aspirations. The Nigerian government, who has launched a mass vaccination campaign in alliance with the World Health Organization, WHO, to immunize more than 25 million people before the end of this year. This drive is part of a global effort to eliminate the risk of yellow fever epidemics by 2026, which should be possible if 90% of the population can be reached. The yellow fever virus is mosquito-borne, and the disease can cause jaundice due to liver damage. Nigeria's current yellow fever outbreak began in September, and by early January this year, a total of 358 suspected cases had been reported, with 45 deaths. In late 2017, Nigeria vaccinated more than 3 million people in an initial emergency yellow fever campaign with the aim of quickly containing the outbreak. WHO is supporting the campaign by training thousands of healthcare workers, helping to track cases and by providing coordination as well as logistical support. WHO spokesperson Christian Linmeyer has more details. WHO, UNICEF and partners like Gavi set themselves a very ambitious goal to eliminate the future yellow fever epidemics by 2026. So in total, in a 10-year program, the idea is to get rid of any epidemics. This is an ambitious goal, but with a concerted effort, with political will and with enough support, including, of course, funding, um, to run such campaigns, this is a possible goal. Nigeria today started its largest ever yellow fever vaccination campaign. Um, the Ministry of Health estimates or is aiming at vaccinating more than 25 million people in Nigeria in an effort to eliminate um, yellow fever transmission or yellow fever epidemics uh, in the coming years. But we have to think that Yellow fever is something which lives in the wildlife. It lives in the animals, mainly in the monkeys, so we can never really get rid of it. But what we can do is we can eliminate or stop the transmission between humans. We may also not prevent that we never have any yellow fever infection again. But if we interrupt transmission between humans, then we can avoid further and future epidemics. And that's the goal of the strategy. And finally, at least $313 million is needed this year to provide life-saving assistance to around 940,000 Libyans who continue to suffer the effects of the oil-rich country's protracted political crisis. That's the message coming from the UN humanitarian coordinator, Maria Ribeiro, launching the 2018 Libya Humanitarian Response Plan. In a statement, she said that this third coordinated international appeal would help to implement 71 projects by 22 different organizations, including national NGOs. UN spokesperson Stefan Dusharik has more. These projects aim to extend protection, protection to civilians to ensure access to basic services for internally displaced people, returnees 
and the most vulnerable Libyans, migrants, refugees, and asylum seekers. The funds will also help strengthen the families' capacities to cope with the funding pressure, with the continued pressure of life of instability, fragmentation, and economic decline. And that was a look at some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church and in Africa today. Thank you once again for joining me this Friday evening. I'm Sheila Pirsch and you are listening to Catholic View. Coming up next is our feature program. And today we look at the work of the Apostleship of the Sea in South Africa. The Apostleship of the Sea is a Catholic charity supporting seafarers worldwide. They provide practical and pastoral care to all seafarers, regardless of nationality, belief or race. The Apostleship of the Sea in South Africa is part of the international network known to the maritime world as Stella Maris, with 216 port chaplains working in 311 ports around the world. Recently, a group of seafarers were left in limbo in the port of Durban after their ship was detained following the non-payment of wages. Nosipo Hadebe spoke to the Apostleship of the Sea Durban Port Chaplain, Father Herman Giraldo, about their work and the fate of ship PSD2 crew members. Father Herman, we've seen the story on the seafarers who've been detained in the port of Durban before we go into that, could you tell us about your work with the Apostleship of the Sea? I'm the, the port chaplain and I uh, do the ship visiting uh, during the week and Saturday. And also on Saturday evening at half past seven, we celebrate Mass in the port. We have a chapel and a mission where the seafarers they go and they have a little bit of rest and then we offer them Mass as well and confession and counseling because some of them are also uh, affected by piracy. So uh, we are normally available on Saturday uh, well, during the week in the port and then Saturday in the, in the mission in, in, uh, in Devon. And how are the seafarers now? Yes, the PSD2 is a ship that um, uh, they presented a crisis since they were in Mozambique. And then uh, in the port of Mozambique, they already went into the port and they, they tried to let the people know that they have been not receiving salaries some for one year, some for one month, some for 14 months. And then they put all around the ship and, and saying that there is no the, no salaries, please help. But then the sailor uh, uh, society were the ones that uh, went there to help them. But the sailor society, we are coming directly from, from Durban. Uh, when they realized that they, the sailor society, we are working together with us, that we are from the apostleship of the sea, they came to the to the port uh, of Durban. They arrived in the port of Durban, uh, and then we went to visit them. They arrived at the beginning of December. And then we went to visit them, and they told us the difficulties that they were having uh, at the moment, not only because they were not being paid for a good number of months, but also the, the ship was infested with, uh, with rats and cockroaches, and then also the medicine was expired, and then also two of the of the, the, the seafarers that were on board of the ship, one who uh, was suffering from, uh, from a burning, he bent uh, his hand, uh, his left hand, 
and the, the other one was having heart problems. But the medication was expired already. So we, at the beginning, we went, uh, I just only, uh, I went together with someone from the uh, mission, the MTX, from the mission to Cipheras, and then we, they told us uh, what happened with them. So then together, because we work with a good number of chaplains, also in the port, we met with all the chaplains, and we went, how can we help each other? So the uh, MTS, they helped them with, uh, with um, the toiletry, then the Sailor Society also helped them with some food, and then also from the AOS, we offer them the, 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 the uh, pest control that then we went for the infestation of rats and cockroaches, and then also we bought food for them, and then we organized also a Christmas party. Well, not a Christmas party, but uh, something. We bought them something special for Christmas, for them to celebrate the Christmas. And now, at the moment, uh, we received the, the WhatsApp meeting with the, um, uh, with the lawyer from the ITF, that is the International Transport Federation, and they told us that the ship is going to be sold in order to pay the salaries to the to the crew members. At the moment, there are only three crew members on board of the ship. The rest, they are at home, but they also are, are wherever they are, they are without pay. So they are going to sell the ship, and and they, they are going to to do the with that. They will pay the shipment. We don't know how long it's going to take. They told us that it's going to take could be three months, could be four months, could be five months. We just for to have someone to, who wants to buy the ship and then in order to for the ITF to to do the the follow up in the payment of salary. So at the moment the CFRS are still there are three in the port. They are in the end shed. If anyone that has the permit to enter in the port wants to visit them and see them, they are still there in the end shed in the Durban port near the best entrance to enter by point. And, and then they will see the PSD2 uh, there with all the signs saying no, no salary, no, and please help. So the, together with, with the apostleship of the sea, together with the Sailor Society, the MTS and the, the Biblia, and also the Dutch Reformed Church, we are have been uh, helping and attending to the needs of the Cifera. Father Herman, what about local authorities? What are they doing to help? because they didn't receive much help from the local authorities, first in Mozambique. In Mozambique, they ignored them completely. And then they came here and uh, happened almost the same, because it's like the, the, also the, the authorities that are allowed in the port are only the uh, home affairs. But they, in part, they can do almost nothing. So they, they didn't receive any help from the, from the authorities from, from the urban. The only help that they have received from the ITF that we we managed to connect, contact them, and they, they came on board of the ship. They they listened to the needs of the shipwrights. They contacted the owner of the of the ship, and then they managed to go ahead uh, in, for the selling of the of the vessel. But just only through the ITF, the local authorities, they haven't done anything for the shipwrights. How often does this happen? Well, I have been working in the port for for seven years. And in the seven years, is the first case uh, that we have received. The first one, the first case that we received was uh, a ship called Anna Barrel. That also the, we are crew, the uh, uh, that we are mainly a crew from 
from uh, Peru and Ecuador in South America. They couldn't speak any English, so in the mission we managed to help them with the, with the translation and to make them feel at home. The second one with the third collegian also that they, they have a, an accident and then the captain was like put the fourth in the captain and that he has to go for a disciplinary hearing. And then now this one, the PSD2, that um, is presenting the, this kind of crisis, but it's the first time that we see a, a so deep crisis like that, that they have to to uh, paint the ship all over and every single door in the ship, no salary, no payment, we need help. So uh, it has been one of those that has touched more the, the work of all of us as chaplains in the port. Who takes the ultimate responsibility for these seafarers? In situations like this, who do you place the blame on? Well, the blame has to go directly to the ship owner because they know beforehand what is the situation in their own ship and in their own vessel. So I think that the threat is the, the ship owner, that they have to to uh, take care of the people that they are work, that, that are working for them because at the end of the end, ship, the ship owners can be there in Spain, could be in Panama, could be in Hong Kong, and then the, the seafarers are suffering here. So I think they, they are the first one that, that has to be played. The rest we just count only with the, with the help from the ITF because as soon as we as chaplains, we realize that there are problems on board of the ship. We contact directly the, 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 the lawyers from the ITF and, and we are lucky that they have been helping us quite, quite a lot. But yes, the, the main, the, the directly responsible for all this are the ship owners. Thank you, Father Herman. Those are all the questions we have. Is there anything else you would like to relate to us, to tell us about this situation or your work that you do with the Apostleship of the Sea? Well, that's what I want to add is um, uh, here in Durban we have a good number of ports. We have the port of Durban in Richards Bay, in uh, Port Elizabeth, in Cape Town, in Germanus. But we need people that can help us because uh, we, well, we always ask the, the, the bishops' conference the possibility for us to have a a priest in each port, because um, what happened, they, most of the seafarers that come to our port are Catholic. And uh, the, 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 the Anglican church that they have the mission to seafarers at the MPA, uh, they receive the seafarers. And then they, when the seafarers are fourth mass, the MPA, they celebrate mass for them with the Roman, uh, the Roman Missal. And sometimes when the seafarers are for confession, they live in confession from the seafarers. So it's a cry from all of us as a Catholic that better the Catholics to be attended by the Catholic uh, priest. And then so that we can guide them properly. And if, even if it's a Catholic um, uh, ship visitor, they can go there and look for a priest to help the, to help the seafarers. So um, we really appreciate the work that the MTS is doing, but uh, sometimes we... We prefer uh, that uh, we, the, the Catholic Catholics, are attended by the Catholic priest. So, we are, what we are looking is for volunteers in each port. If it's anyone that that want to become a volunteer and want to help us in the port, they can call. Uh, let us know. I, uh, my the telephone number is 082 if they can give us a call and then ask which port are they much close, and then we will appreciate the work of volunteers. 
we need uh, ship visitors that they could, the idea is each ship that each ship vessel that arrives in the port that can be visited by um, by someone that is a Catholic and see the needs of the seafarers as well because sometimes they have been affected by by piracy they, they have been attacked by pirates sometimes they have been having problems with the with the same captain that they they don't have good treatment through uh, by him sometimes cases of no no uh, payment of salary so we need people that help us to go and, 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 and help us to take care of the seafarers that come to our port. Because they, they are coming from different countries. Mainly of, the majority of them are, are Filipinos. And, and it's nice for us to attend to their needs and try to help them as much as we can. Of course, some priests can say that no, it's not a parish. But I think it's a, a bigger parish that we have all around the world because we have Filipinos, well, Catholics coming to our port in daily basis. In daily basis, so I think we we are invited also to to attend to them. So my call is mainly for volunteers that want to come and help us and help us, especially in ship visiting. We'll be very pleased to receive them and do the proper uh, uh, documentation that is needed for them to have the permit to maintain the port. Thank you so much, Father Herman. Thank you very much also for for calling us. Thank you. And my thanks goes there to Nosipo Hadebe for that interview with Father Herman Giraldo, the chaplain of the Apostleship of the Sea, Durban Port. And that brings me up to time. This has been your Friday's edition of Catholic View, a program produced and presented by Sheila Pirsch for Radio Veritas. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back again on Tuesday at the same time. Until then, do have a blessed weekend. I'm Sheila Pirsch. Thank you.